Hey Heath, congratulations on your 100th episode. I've never thought anybody would listen to one episode of an insurance podcast, but here you are, 99 later, and it's still going. Congratulations, proud to call you a friend. Love you, brother. Heath, what's going on, baby? It's your guy, Lindell White. Yeah, that's right, Smash. From your team, yeah, my team, the Tennessee Titans. And myself, along with Jay, we had to congratulate the biggest Titan bandwagoner in Arkansas on this 100th Insurance Town episode. Hey, man, that is big, brother. That's big. Congratulations on all the hard work you've been putting in, man. Listen, enjoy your holidays. My birthday is coming up, so I'm about to go take a shot. Hope you take a shot with me. Enjoy your time, man. Yes, sir, baby. Tighten up. 100 episodes. Heath, I am so proud of everything that you have done with the Insurance Town podcast and you leading the way as the mayor of Insurance Town. I am so honored to call you a friend and a colleague. And being from Central Arkansas, you continue to inspire me to rise above, set higher goals, and to continue to promote others within this amazing insurance industry that we are in. I cannot wait to see what you do next and just how much of an impact you are going to have on the insurance industry. Just like my friend Yoda over here says, do or do not, there is no try. And my man, you have done it. You set a goal, what was it, two years ago now? And you started this journey and you have just blown it out of the water. Here's to another 100 episodes, Heath, and I know they are going to be even more amazing than the last 100. Congratulations. Heath, my man. Dude, congratulations on 100 episodes of the Insurance Town podcast. First off, I can't believe that it's been 100 episodes already. Um, I can't thank you enough for everything that you do for our industry. You're a phenomenal friend of mine. I just feel like it was yesterday we just met. Uh, you were like on episode 15 or 16, and then you asked me to be on it, and it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, and from there on out, we became really, really good friends, and I uh, consider you one of my best friends. So here's to uh, the next 100 episodes of the Insurance Town podcast, and keep killing it, dude. You're making a difference every day in people's lives. Love you, brother. Hi, Heath. Stacey King here. I wanted to take a moment to tell you congratulations on 100 episodes of the Insurance Town podcast. You are incredible. And I'm just so lucky that we're good friends. You've been a friend to Agency Nation. You're a friend to me personally. And I cannot be more excited about what you have coming for 2022. Again, congratulations on everything that you do. And thanks for all that you do for the independent agent community. Heath, congratulations on number 100, man. That's such a big deal. Um, you're an awesome podcast host. I love listening to the show and you're an even better person. So thanks for being my friend and thanks for doing big things for this industry. Heath, you sandbagging SOB, you did it. 100 episodes. We all know which one was the best one. That would be mine, but you had great ones in there. I'm proud of you. You did it. You knocked it out of the park. Good job, brother. Hey Heath, how are you doing as the mayor? Uh, you just don't get that title any day. And this is supposed to be pretty recently your most your hundredth show. I mean, that's pretty good, man. You ha you seem to be one of the most loyal people I know. Those who's always out for the good of everybody else. And this is our turn to say thank you for it and keep pumping out the good content you do, my friend. 100 episodes, how insane is that? What a gift you've given to this insurance industry of your vision and your voice and your style. 
And I couldn't be happier to call you a team member, friend, um, all of the above. So to the mayor of Insurance Town, we thank you for all that you do for this industry. We can't wait to celebrate your thousandth episode. And thank you for joining our team. He's sharing, my guy. Congratulations, dude. A hundred episodes on the podcast, the mayor of insurance. I'm not shocked at all. What you do for the industry is amazing. You're beloved within uh, all of the circles that we roll through. Uh, I can't wait to see where the podcast goes. You're aligning yourselves with, with some amazing people um, and just pumped for you, man. We love you here at Glovebox. You're, you're one of our homies. And uh, for God's sakes, go celebrate and get yourself some Lululemon pants. They're the most comfortable pants uh, and you won't regret it. So treat yourself, 100th episode. Congratulations, my friend. Look forward to seeing you soon. Let's go, Heath. 100th episode of Insurance Town. That's a big milestone, buddy. Really congrats and uh, so proud, uh, so proud of you. So amazing to see what you've been doing for the entire industry uh, and can't wait for another thousand episodes. See you, man. Hey, hey, Mr. Mayor, Heath. It is fantastic. Just wanted to say congratulations on 100 episodes. That's fantastic, but I'm not surprised about that. Keep crushing it, my friend, because you're doing some amazing things for the insurance town. Stay well. Heath, what's up, dude? Hey, man, I just want to say congratulations, man, on your 100th episode. What a huge accomplishment as a guy who does podcasting. That, my friend, is extremely impressive, my man. So uh, your dedication to the industry and your peers and the people that are around you is uh, unprecedented. Uh, I love watching you. And I love what you do for other people, man. I just appreciate it. You're an inspiration. So I just want to say congratulations. Thanks for what you do, man. Keep rocking. Heath, congratulations on your 100th episode of Insurance Town. It is an awesome accomplishment and I'm proud of you. Insurance Town has become my place to go during my commute uh, to listen to the brightest minds in our industry and learn something from it uh, hear your take on what we should be doing to further our industry and our careers and uh, i'm proud to be a part of it thank you so much and uh, keep up the good work man mr mayor congratulations brother on your 100 episode of the insurance town podcast super proud of you keep up the good work you're doing awesome and helping independent agencies and agents across the country be better with your content. So congratulations, give it to a hundred more. Cheers to you, brother. Hey, 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 and welcome to the 100th episode of Insurance Town. I am super excited. We made it. We're here. And uh, I'm pumped about it. You know, I, I thank you guys so much, my audience, because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Thank you for all the feedback, the emails, the comments, uh, the follows on LinkedIn, the subscriptions. It's been a dream come true for me. And I love you for it. I love my guests. And I also love all of my sponsors. Uh, they've been with me and they have stuck with me and they've been so much fun to work with. I've been able to refer a lot of business to them. It's It's been phenomenal. And I'm so blessed and so honored and so humbled uh, to have made it to episode 100. Today, I've got an awesome guest coming on with me today. And episode one was uh, inspired and done and helped. And, and I had Sydney Rowe come on 
And she's someone that meant, meant so much to me and means so much to me. She's like a sister to me. She's someone I, I care about, someone I love. And uh, you guys love her, and you're going to love this conversation. We get into all kinds of cool stuff. But before I do, let me talk about those sponsors that I love so much. And let me start off with my good friends over at Smart Choice. You know, Smart Choice is the fastest growing network for a reason. They have no lengthy contracts, no upfront fees, and they share in the contingencies and bonus. They just want to help you, the audience, you, the agent, be the best that you can be. They'll negotiate higher commissions and lower thresholds for premium and volume commitments. They're uh, pretty incredible to work with. Go to smartchoiceagents.com. Also, I couldn't do this show without my good friends. Also, uh, early guest, I think number two, and Andy Priestman over at CoverDesk. And he came back again recently and did a great job. You guys have all loved working with him. Every time someone gets referred to CoverDesk, they give me a shout uh, and they say, thank you so much. I'm glad I listened to them or listened to your show. I'm glad I heard about them. Their team was so good. Working with them was, you know, hands down a great experience. And they just do a great job with virtual assistants. If you're thinking about adding staff, but you don't know what directions you want to go and you're looking to, to take off um, something off of someone's plate or off of your own desk, some administrative tasks, some uh, hourly wage type stuff, go to CoverDesk.com. Or if you need help with quotes or a project or maybe a book roll, something like that, CoverDesk Direct uh, does a great job on that too. So uh, reach out to me and Andy, tell him I sent you phenomenal to work with. I love all my sponsors and you'll hear about uh, some more sponsors later on in the show. But today I want to get to my good friend at Sid Rowe. Today we have a great conversation. You know, we get into, you know, new business. Uh, we get into uh, connectivity uh, and how 2022 she feels is the year of connectivity. Uh, we talk about uh, agency management systems and the latest integrations uh, we get into how the agency model is changing. We talk about something I've never heard of, which is data leak, data lakes, and how data lakes are everywhere. And she teaches me about some of that a little bit. We also go down memory lane. We talk about my journey and her journey. And we get into triathlons and all the cool stuff she's into. It's a great conversation. Do not push pause. Do not push fast forward. Listen to this one from beginning to end. It's a good conversation. I love Sydney Rowe. I know you do too. Check it out. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Sydney Rowe. Sydney Rowe, what's happening, girl? What is up, dude? How's it going? Oh my God. 99 episodes later, I've got you back on the show. The very first episode, you got to come on and you flipped the script on me. And now I get to have you back on and talk about you a little bit. Okay, hold on. I'm going to flip the script on the flip the script. No! Really fast, really fast. Really fast. Can oh, I just, just like a slow clap? Just a slow clap for the 99, though. Like, seriously, dude, that is so impressive. Yeah, I, you, th when this episode comes out, you'll be on number 100. So, number one ooh. and number 100. Uh, so. I remember, dude, I re just as a throwback, sitting, I was outside the UPS parking lot and it was actually snowing like it is today. Um, I was sitting in my my car with the heat on. I can't even remember what I was dropping off at the at the post office. And you were like, dude, what if I start a podcast? And I, I'll never forget what I said to you. I was like, yes, because you have 
you like sit in the middle of the industry. So you have the perspective of so many different players because you've been in so many different spots. Yeah. And, and I remember after that conversation, it was like, all right, I'm doing it. First episode, let's go. And then, and then the pressure was on. Cause so I was like, wow, yeah. I really can't screw this up. It's, it's been one, one heck of a year uh, for me or two years actually since 2020, but uh, it's been cool. And so I wanted to, when I saw like, I was on that episode 93 or whatever, I started texting you. I was like, dude, hundreds coming up. I need <laughs> you to come back. It's a milestone for me. Cause when I started it, I honestly thought, and we talked about this on the first episode, we kind of had this feeling, oh, it'll be a couple of months and it'll be over. And here we are, we're still mm-hmm. dealing with pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, almost two years later. Uh, it's crazy. It is. So it is. It's, it's really nuts. But before we get into a whole bunch of that, I do want my audience to know who you are if they don't already, but uh, everyone should already know who you are. But if they don't, if you're listening, get out from under a rock and learn who Sid Rowe is. Tell your story a little bit. Let's go down memory lane. Tell me a little bit of who you are. Go back as far as you want to. I don't care. If you do birth, it might get weird, but go back as far <laughs> as you want to and tell your story. Oh, I was going to start with while well, I was born in Tampa, Florida on February 9th, 1990. <laughs> but... Okay. You can start there. <laughs> But, uh, oh man, well, I grew up in the insurance industry, so I guess start there. Never left. Yeah. Seems like a typical insurance kid story. Um, dad owned an agent, owns an agency that my grandfather started and, um, you know, grew up making whatever three fifty an hour typing data into Tam. Um, yes. and, uh, one, one thing people might not know about me is I went to culinary school for a year. I thought I was going to be the next Rachel Ray. I know it didn't work out. I just couldn't do it. It was, it, you know, culinary school is kind of like, uh, being in the military, but you make food. It's really intense. Um, so. <laughs> <Wow>. dude, <laughs> we were just talking about this off air about how you're impressed with my cooking. You went to freaking culinary school. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Keep going. Yeah. But I dropped out. So <laughs> A culinary school dropout. I love it. Um, yeah. So then went to a, a liberal arts school and um, at that point said, all right, you know, I was, I was work, I was, I went to school close to DC and knew about the, the big guy, the insurance association there. Uh, and they were looking for an intern. So I said, all right, well, why not? Let's, uh, let's, let's try that out. Um, and uh you know, decided to to go down that path, worked in marketing for a little while and kind of took to it, even though my degree was in poli sci, which has nothing to do with marketing or insurance. Um, <laughs> and then they, uh, they had started a, a for-profit company, trustedchoice.com, which was a lead generator for the brand and, uh, you know, was meant to funnel business to through the front doors of insurance agents across the country. Um, I met the one and only Ryan Hanley, who everyone should know. That's a guy yeah. everyone should know right. uh, on this podcast. He is like my big brother, uh, my soul sister, my my dude. Um, we, gosh, I'm trying to think, we spoke together at a at an insurance conference. I don't know how right. I got that lucky. And I remember walking off the, you know, quote unquote stage. It, it was an insurance conference. It wasn't, we, we didn't really have stages at that point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I was like, man, he is really good at speaking. I suck. <laughs> it was like, 
you know, because I think when you're up there by yourself, you can kind of convince yourself you're not that bad. But then you stand next to somebody like Ryan and you're like, oh, OK, that's that's what good speaking looks like. Um, so he um, he courted me for for lack of a better term. And I, I was like, all right, let's do this. He's he could be someone I could learn from. Yeah. Um, so worked with him. We, we started Agency Nation. Um, it was really his baby and I did everything I possibly could to make it happen and uh, and then elevate. And, um, you know, I, I think at that point in my career, um, I had a little bit of an entrepreneurial buzz. I wanted to, to you know, trustedchoice.com was nice and then it wasn't a big corporation, but it also wasn't a startup. Right. It, was, it was owned by a, a, a nonprofit in a way. So had a little bit of red tape and I wanted to see what I was capable of. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I think that plus I was very frustrated with the state of insurance technology. It, I just couldn't understand why it wasn't, it was moving forward so slowly. Um, so, and it wasn't for lack of, it seemed like it wasn't for lack of insurance agents, you know, wanting it. I, I mean, I, stood on stages and then went and talked to people afterwards and everybody seemed to want better technology, um, but it wasn't available. So met uh, the one and only Seth Zaremba, who everyone, that's a man everyone should know. Um, He's a great guy, an insurance agency owner in Ohio. He had built a piece of technology off of Salesforce for about three years. And actually went into you know went went through some pretty rough spots financially to get it done, um, and he was on a podcast on Agency Nation talking about this technology, and it, and that podcast was one of the top episodes. You know we had about eight thousand listens a month, and that that podcast sat there for months and months and months, and and so I you know not to pat him on the back, but more so because you know, it, it was more so a sign to me that he was saying something that. That was resonating and uh so i called him up and i was like all right dude let, let's do this thing and then we started uh be atomic so i uh you know that all with juggling some some life changing uh things personally you know my parents and i had fallen outs and then came back together um which has been an absolutely amazing uh, process so I, th- this industry i think has seen me grow up as a person it has uh provided you know connections and and community that's helped me grow up um and i i you know i think at this point i'm just like i'm incredibly thankful to be a part of of you know this world this like crazy weird bubble that we call the insurance industry yeah i I love that you brought that up because uh, I feel the same way in a lot of ways. But uh, with you personally, everybody I talk to, um, you know, and I mention your name, it's always one of the same things. Like she's one of my favorite people or she's my best friend or she's my sister or she's my whatever. And you have a lot of love from a lot of people in this industry. And I find I'm glad to hear that you recognize that. And it's something that brings you comfort uh, because this industry is a family and you know, sometimes it's a family you don't like so much, but it's still family and we all love each other. We all look after one another. And that's what I think makes the independent industry industry so well, so loved and what I enjoy so much about it. Yeah, I would agree. And it, it's funny because I re- so the, the moment I realized that the insurance industry w- was a, a small but big bubble was when Gary V came into the industry. 
Do you remember when he started that conference? Oh, I don't yeah. even know what happened to it. It was like came in with a yep. flash and then all of a sudden it was gone. I haven't heard anything about it. Um, and I remember thinking, I'm going to go to that that Gary V's insurance conference and I'm going to meet a whole group of people that I didn't even know existed. Right. Like, like, like we've just only, you know, been around 10% of the industry and there's a whole group of people out there of insurance agents that we just didn't even know about. Right. And right. we go and it's, it's like the same people. I mean, granted, there's, a, there's always people that you've never met, sure. but, but I mean, for the most part, it was, it was the same people. So I think um, that was the moment that I realized, okay, uh, you know, this, this industry is big enough that you, there's a lot of opportunity for growth, but small enough that you can make a pretty large dent. So, yeah. yeah I think it's funny when I, uh, you know, when I was an insurance agent several years back, I used to look at people, you know, like Hanley and you and Seth and Cass and some of these people out there that were on those stages as celebrities, so to speak. And I think a lot of people listening to this do as well. There is no, then, there is no such thing as an insurance celebrity. It just, <laughs> I agree. However, because, and I say all that because, you know, my first conference I went to, you know, during pandemic and being the mayor, uh, when I went to ITC, it was people coming up to me and calling me the mayor and wanting mm -hmm. to meet me and, and calling mm -hmm. me a celebrity. And I was like, I'm just a hick from Little Rock. And here mm -hmm. you are looking at me as that influencer or that celebrity. So I realized quickly there's not that. But I say all that to say it was, it is a small world and it is a small industry. And once you get involved in it uh, and you see that, it's interesting that when you meet certain people face to face, you feel like you've known them forever. And then, mm -hmm. uh, as you mentioned a minute ago, I went to IAOA several months later for the first time after ITC. And it was the same players and just a different event. And so, it's uh, it's very interesting. And you can grow close to people pretty quickly in this industry. Yeah. And I think too, there's an element of timing at play. Yeah. Like I remember when, you know, Agency Nation and Elevate were first starting, there wasn't a huge social media presence of insurance agents. No. You know, either. So that's grown. You know, there's an element of timing there that we, we kind of captured a bit of an opportunity in the moment. Um, and I think too, even like when, you know, with, with your podcast and the background that you have, there was a bit of a vacuum or gap there to have a voice like yours, you know, speak out. Um, you represent a lot of different groups of people, and I don't know that they were represented before you started your podcast. So I think there's a bit of a, you know, 10 years from now, uh, it might be harder to be Heath, right? So you you kind of captured a bit of a, a moment there in time, I think. I think I did, you know, and a lot of it has to do with you encouraging me to do that. And your 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 boy, Ryan uh, Hanley, I, you know, he and I had already struck a little bit of friendship and he and I were talking on the phone. And you know, after I talked to you about it, he was like, dude, you got to do it. You know, don't be a wuss. And, you know, he used a lot of other words and, you know, he said, you just got to do it. You know, just got to step out there uh, and just make it happen. And at that time, there was, you know, a handful of insurance podcasts, but not as many as there are now that I don't feel like there's a hundred. But, um, you know, that was a goal of mine and something that I wanted to do. And I talked about it in Vegas at a conference that, that I was at. Um, and, I, you know, this guy asked me, what's your goals for 2020? And I said, I want to start a podcast. And I was like, oh, crap, I've said it out loud now. I have to do it now. <laughs> but um, and yeah. watch this. Watch this clunky transition as a podcast pro. I had this this goal in 2020. Um, and I feel like watching you in 2021, you had a goal that I thought was pretty cool personally of uh starting to run triathlons and half marathons and Ironman, Ironman, Ironman. 
Iron, mm-hmm. how do you say many of those? Iron Man's? Anyway. <laughs> I don't actually, no, that's a good question. But I mean, you, you I guess said that's you were going to people... do it and you yeah. did it. And I've watched yeah. Facebook posts and LinkedIn posts. And uh, where did that come from? Well, well, one thing you got to know about me is I'm either 0% into something or I'm 200%. Right? I lack that like middle ground, which is a blessing and a curse, I guess you could mm-hmm. say. I agree. Um, yeah. So, so when, when I said I was going to do it, I, I I meant it. I was like, all right, I'm not going to go run it. I'm going to race it. That was my, my mantra uh, to myself. Um, yeah. Let's see. Wow. I, you know, to be honest, I don't even know where it came from. I remember sitting at the dog park one day and just thinking like, I wonder if I could run an Ironman. Like, I just, I wonder if I could do that. And I was, I think I was looking. There's no some- one ever. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I was just looking for something to... Was it something as a distraction or something to push yourself or something? What was it? it? Yeah, it was... um, So here, here's the defining moment. I walked into... uh, I just Googled Ironman coaches and I found a a club that, you know, I looked them up on Facebook and they seemed reputable. And so I walked in there and um, sat down across from my coach and I said, I'm going to run an Ironman on September of of this year, September 20th of this year. I already know it's, it's Ironman Arizona. That's what I'm going to do. And she was like, okay, have you ever run a marathon before? And I was like, no. Have you ever <laughs> like done a bike race before? No. Have you ever done a swim competition before? No. Have you ever done any triathlon ever? No, but I'm going to run the Ironman in September. <laughs> And by the way, this was like less than a year away. So yeah. she goes, okay. She, she asked a few more questions. Um, and then she let me go. And two days later, she called me on my cell phone at like 6.30 PM and said, listen, um, I, I can tell you're very passionate about this. I can tell <laughs> it means a lot to you. But you need to. You told me that you wanted to run this race to test your limits. And if that's really true, then I think you need to consider waiting to run the full Ironman for two years and run your your half Ironmans this year because you don't know anything about triathlon. You're an idiot is basically what she was saying. <laughs> and um, and in that moment, I had this, I was like, okay, let me think about it. I had this thing where I'm like, oh, well, then I can't put the Facebook picture on Facebook in September of, you know, dang it. And, it. and I had to really question like, why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I want to show the world that I can do something or am I doing it because I want to show myself that I can do something? And um, and so I called her back the next day and I said, OK, well, I'll wait two years. And I said, but you have to promise me that you're going to help me race it um, and I'll promise you I'll put it put in all the work that I possibly can. So, um, yeah, ever since then, I yeah, it's just been biking, swimming and running every day, man. <laughs> that's That's it. As that, you know, as someone who is, uh, and I'm going to say this, so you can correct me and yell at me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'll edit it out because I'll get my feelings hurt. But as someone who's like a workaholic and who spends so much time in work, has it been a good distraction for you? Yes. Yes. Has it been something that has helped you in our industry and help you in your work? Yes. I would I yes. And part of it is the physical, like, I mean, I'm in great shape. I can, I just feel like I can go longer, right? Yeah. Um, but part of it too is the mental 
piece like dude there's a certain point that your body gives out on you in those races and it, it just becomes will you just have to will yourself to yeah. the, the finish line right yeah um and i think in the startup environment where everything is you know you wake up every day and it's a different day you know you don't always know what's going to happen next and sometimes you just got to will yourself through that day or that week or that month or whatever it is um having that mental strength is you know i think has been a key lesson for me and i don't i i didn't have that and i mean initially like i'll be honest i was a kind of a i would say weaker minded person in that respect there there are people who are much mentally stronger than i am um and so it's it's just it's just training yourself to to be stronger, like a muscle you flex in your brain every day. So, all right, this wasn't the intent of the podcast, but now I'm intrigued. Uh, the The mental training was there certain exercises you would do for that, or is it just something that you'd have to push yourself through to do, or trial by fire? I mean, how did you get that training for the mental toughness? Because that's something you need in in anything in life. Yeah, I haven't really figured that piece out yet. I watch. Um, I've actually watched more and more pro athletes, you know, more and more of them have YouTube channels. So I'll yeah. listen to how they, what their mental game is like. Um, but it is, it's, it's an, it's partially being very self-aware um, and then, and then partially just not letting yourself go to certain places. So, you know, I, when I first started, I would, I didn't want to get on the treadmill. I didn't want to get in the water. I didn't want to get on the bike, you know, whatever it was. And it was just like, I have to do it. Like, I don't care. And it was, I didn't like it. Um, now I'm starting to try to change my mindset so that, you know, while I'm rolling, while I'm, um, you know, stretching out before something, I, 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 you know, repeat to myself, even say it out loud, like, I'm excited to do this. Like, I want to do this. And then when you get out there, you just don't let, you don't let those thoughts creep in that doubt yeah. or whatever it is. Cause as soon as that happens, then then your your physical game goes right because right. your physical just follows whatever your mental is so i'm at the i would say i'm a very much a rookie in terms of the mental the mental game um but it's fascinating like the depths to which you can when you're out there and you're like ah oh, i do not want to run a 730 mile but it's on my it's on my training thing mile three has to be a 730 right um okay and you're tired and whatever it is and then you just you just kick it's like a ah, i don't even know it's like a switch that flips you just tell your brain stop it stop yes. it i'm not gonna let you go there right so it's it's interesting yeah i had uh, you know growing up i played high school basketball um and we had a coach that for majority of our practices uh, we didn't even have a basketball oh he would put 45 minutes on the clock and just have us run up and down the court just and he would just blow a whistle and it would be sprint and you'd have to sprint until he told you to stop and i would be just gassed yep. one of those things if you stop you know you're in trouble you had to do more laps yep. or your yep. teammates would be in trouble and he would say you know if so and so stops we all gotta you know keep going until he can't anyway it was just but it 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 got me mentally tougher and i real i remember in ball games when it was like you know, I remember one game in particular, we were in double overtime and the other team was gassed and we just kicked their ass because we could get up and down the court. And I remember in my mid twenties, similar situation to what you talked about earlier, I had a buddy of mine way bigger than I am. And I'm a big fella, um, said, I'm, I'm going to be running a marathon for Little Rock Marathon. Uh, won't you train with me and do it with me? And I was like, if this dude can do it, I can do it. So we did the training. We did the thing. 
very little training, but we did, I, I, I did very little training uh, because I thought I'm in great shape. I can handle this. No big deal. And I got out there and about mile 12, I just, I was done. Like I locked mm-hmm. up, I was done and had, I mean, I was looking at all these guys at the starting, you know, they had their backpacks on and their goo and their little straws. And I was like, bunch of nerds. I'm going to kick your tails. I'm just going to go. And yeah. little did I know, I made it literally about halfway through. And I just couldn't. Like, I yeah. could not do it. And I remember going up to the desk, you know, afterwards, I'd, I'd quit. The race was like, can I at least get the half marathon medal? Because I made it 13, mm-hmm. you know. And he was like, no, you signed up mm-hmm. for the marathon. You didn't make it. You failed. Move on. But that mm-hmm. mental toughness, you know, I thought I had it from the high school days. But that's a real thing. It is. Well, and part of it is getting to know your body. I mean, you do technically have some limits, right? I mean, that's the idea of humanity. Uh, Like we all die one day. Um, So, you know, there there are some limits, but it's knowing it's, it's going out there and being, uh, you know, that's, that's where the self-awareness comes in, right? You do it so many times. Uh, this was the whole point of my coach, right? Saying, don't go out and run a full Ironman your first race. Cause you're going to get done and you're going to know you had more in you. And it's because you didn't know when to push, where to push and how to push. And you didn't have the mental strength to do it, even if you knew when to do it. So, yeah. you know, part of it is like, just get it's it's like podcasting right it's like you know when you've got that person locked in and it's just you and them in that room you know when to push them you know when to back off you know where to take the conversation next but the only way you figure that out is doing a hundred episodes oh look at you i love it um so and i appreciate that i and i you know as we're having this conversation i'm just thinking about you know even in you know because i don't get to do a whole lot of you know, I should, but as many physical activities as I used to do um, for various reasons. But, you know, I even, you know, have to have that mental toughness. I have to have that every day when I come into work, whether it's, uh, and you listening, and the audience listening has to do the same thing. There's days you just don't want to go to work. Mm. You know, you you mm-hmm. don't want to get out of bed because either you know what's coming at you. There's a teammate you don't want to be around or there's an account that you know is going to be having issues or there's a whole maybe that's your day of, you know, on Wednesdays you do endorsements, vehicle changes, crap like that. You don't want to do it or, you know, you got a big prospect you're working on, but you got to do it. You got to get up out of bed. You got to make yourself go put one foot in front of the other baby steps down the hallway. If you want to go, what about Bob? Whatever the thing is, you know, uh, I, and some of you people have a hard time with that. You're right. Mental toughness is a totally different animal. So uh, if you're listening to this, I hope that you listen to Sid and you could take some of that because uh, 2022 is coming. People are going to have, you know, their New Year's resolutions, their goals for this year. And that's not going to be easy. Um, mm-hmm. And so you got to just get up and get in. I'm hoping 2022 is, <laughs> I, I feel like what we said about 2021 was that it was going to be better than 2020. I don't know if I feel that way walking out of 2021. So I'm really hoping for 2022. Yeah. Uh, 2022 is uh, definitely, uh, I think a lot of people are looking forward to turning that calendar over. We were at the end of 2020, but I think 2022, uh, I think people are ready. It's been two years of a lot of struggle for a lot of people. Um, but I think 2022 could be a bright spot for the insurance industry as a whole. Agreed. Agreed. I think there's, uh, well, actually, I mean, one of the things that's most exciting to me is watching the agency management systems and where they've, how, I don't want to say how far they've come, but what's changed internally over the last year. 
Well, I was going to say, what was it? In the summertime, maybe right at the beginning of summer, you had an interesting conversation uh, with Taylor about applied and easy links. Um, And you were Mm -hmm. kind of, you know, but we've seen that now more recently uh, with agency Zoom. You know, you had the same or another conversation with somebody. What do you see in coming to 2022 with agency managers? Why is this uh, such an interest right now? Well, I think because when we first started Be Atomic, it was during a time when agency management systems said, no, we will not open up. It wasn't like they weren't they weren't saying, well, we don't know. They were saying, yeah, that's not going to, I mean, there's private information. The, the tech stack is too old, you know, whatever it was, it was just, ah, you know, lack of maybe vision. Um, and so that podcast with Taylor Rhodes, and I think his, his, his Rhodes show, um, his road show with all the different, could not, could not, uh, with with, across all the different podcasts, which was so, I mean, kudos to, um, their, their CMO Courtney over there. She did a great job, you know, navigating that with him. Um, uh, you know, that, that when he got on those podcasts, I think he brought a face to applied and made applied feel uh, relatable. Um, yeah, you know, just brought more of a voice to I think what a lot of people looked at and said, "Man, that feels like the the Death Star. Like I can't get in there, and who runs it, and what's going on, and how are they making decisions?" And um, and so you know, I think him kind of kicking that off was very very smart, and he did make a lot of he set a lot of expectations on that podcast. And he said a lot of things that were, I don't want to say contradictory, but very forward looking um, yeah. for applied, you know, so that that was incredibly interesting. Um, then you start to see, you know, they put up a lot on their website about how open they want to be. So they can, you know, kind of backed it up from the PR side of things. Um, they, they've done a ton of work with uh, their Salesforce integration. It's actually pretty impressive. I mean, I've, I've seen it. Um, they did a great job with it. So, you know, if, for for like a first swing at moving private, po- you know, not private, but but policy data out of the system and into a more flexible CRM, like awesome job. And then Vertifor acquiring agency Zoom was like, whoa. I mean, did you see that coming? Because I, I did not see that coming. Oh. I didn't either, I, you know, uh, and I was just got back from IAOA and I'd seen them all there and, you know, nothing. I'm sure there was lots of talks in back rooms, but I, no, I didn't see any of it coming um, because they both stand so well on their own. And agency mm-hmm. Zoom is such a big, you know, deal in our industry. They do so many wonderful things with what they do. And I just didn't mm-hmm. see that coming. You know what that means. It's mid-roll ad time and it's episode one. Hundred, and I'm so excited because Toga, Robert, uh, Casey, the whole team over at Kennedy Connect have been with me uh, back in season one, way back in the day. They believed in me. They believed in you. They loved uh, my audience, and they wanted to provide uh, a great service for you guys, and they've done that. Usecanopy.com. And then hit the backslash Heath and schedule a demo. Get your discount. They are your one-click solution to getting the deck pages you need to quote your prospects. I hope they're with me for another 100 episodes. They've been a phenomenal sponsor. Thank you, Tolga, Tazel. I love you. Also, my latest sponsor to come in, uh, I'm so excited about being a part of, of their team, about them being a part of my show, 
They are uh, phenomenal. And that's agency performance partners. They've been helping agencies for eight years to be ridiculously amazing. And they do a phenomenal job at it. They do the three minute videos you get in your email box. You know, they've been uh, helping you with virtual and for with live courses, with a school program they've got, you can get a subscription to that gives you access to all of their programs. Phenomenal. And they've got some holiday sales going on right now on swag, on some of their courses, up to 30% off on plan and execute on a bundle for their three core courses. Go to agencyperformancepartners.com and check it out. You're going to be so glad that you did. Tell them the mayor sent you. Uh, go ahead and, and put a discount code for Heath uh, or the word HOLIDAY, all caps, HOLIDAY, and uh, go from there. I, uh, I'm so proud uh, to have them as a part of my show. So uh, with that being said, let's get back to Sydney Road. No, I was just going to say the cool thing that I think it was on you know your show, you're talking to Kat, uh, was everyone's staying at mm-hmm. Agency Zoom. Most mm-hmm. stay, I mean, they're all staying, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, go ahead. Which says something about the culture of Vertifor. Sure. Because you're not going to go from, I mean, look, Kat could get a job anywhere. Uh, like, let's be honest. She, yeah. she really could. Like, anybody would hire her. She's smart. She's young. She's been through the ringer on, you know, startups and acquisitions. She has a lot of knowledge she could give to another organization for her to make the decision to stay in and and deal with, you know, cor- corporate culture says, OK, what do, what do we not know about that corporate culture? Right. Why, why that? Why would Kat, you know, stay? So, um, you know, it is it is very interesting. Um, and, you know, I think, too, Vertifor has done a great job with um, providing APIs to their clients. They've got three different sets of APIs, one of which is actually surfacing some of their new data uh, points from their new, you know, they're yeah. rebuilding their their database, essentially. So they're, it's called the Titan Project. So that's, you know, and, you know, so I think it's just interesting, like, we... Uh, for an insurance agent to be successful um, and to, uh, let me say this, because I, I don't want to say, well, you you know, you know won't be successful running off of old tech. Um, maybe there's a model out there where that works and it depends on your definition of success. To become a digital agency, like to be successful as a digital agency and run efficiently and scale your model, um, you're going to need to be able to move the data that's inside of that agency management system into other systems that can do the things that you need in order to build a digital agency, like a CRM so that you can build out workflows and build out automations, a marketing system so that you can capture leads and you know move people from your website into your system and have your marketer follow up with nurture campaigns. Um, you know, it could be something like Wonderwrite, which is a great platform that brings in third-party data so that you can put in a literally a business name and get a whole fleet of vehicles um move that into a supplemental application of your choice send it off to your carrier uh you know whatever technology it is you've got to be able to move that data so i think you know coming into 2022 to me it's the year of connectivity and what's exciting is i see agency management systems truly adopting that that philosophy um they may not be as far as i want from a technical perspective but 
it seems like the mindset shift is there. What are your thoughts on, you know, the, when you talk about connectivity, there's a lot of conversation that I hear about the single service platforms. Yeah. Is a, so I think there will always be, you know, I, th- I guess when you think about the insurance industry, right, you've got that there's a lot of different ways you can slice and dice the independent insurance agency, you know, pool. Um, if you think about it, and, and this is just a lesson I've learned in trying to sell an enterprise level platform to that agent pool, not everybody is ready for it or wants it. Um, and sometimes, you know, that is a size uh, decision, right? So smaller agencies, less resources, more hats, don't have the time to spend on technology. So providing them with something simple, easy that they can wrap their heads around that's affordable, um, you know, that it makes sense for them. As they grow, then you start to get into a, a you, you sort of, um, you have tech complexity, right? So maybe it's, well, this, you know, producer wants to use this tool and that one wants to use that tool. And part of our value prop as a large agency is we let you use whatever tool you want. So then we've got to have something that can, you know, that can embrace all these different uh, tech decisions. Maybe it's that, uh, you know, we need more than what an all-in-one solution can provide because an all-in-one solution is going to be a little bit simpler so that it's more affordable. And and right. we need we need more than that. Um, so yeah, I I think that an all-in-one solution, and again, this is just this is two and a half years into Be Atomic. I'm not saying take my word for it, but to me, it's the best solution for for a smaller agency. And I look at like a better agency, um, you know, or whatever, you know, that as an all-in-one solution, awesome, right? If you want, if you want more, if you want to like really supercharge and you want to be able to handle complexity and you want really granular analytics and you want, uh, you know, t- the customization needed to really power some of the cool processes that you're building. Right. I just don't think an all-in-one solution will get the, get you there. No, so. because you 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 can't be the best CRM and the best agency management system at the same time. Yep. I mean, I, I just. Why it's re- like, and maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I've never run a triathlon, but you can't be equally as good at running as you are at biking or swimming. One of those is a stronger suit for you. Nailed it. Nailed it. I suck that boy running, made so. a triathlon, you know, thing. Yes. Uh, look at me. Dang, uh, dude. I feel like you're going to have to run an Iron Man with me at this point. Yes. So. I, I've got to. Uh, <laughs> hey, I will say I have lost 11 pounds uh, in the last Ooh. week. But that's what I'm saying. It's not even 2022 yet. Right. Well, I, I made a post uh, last week uh, about why wait to start your goals uh, or to, you know, start on those start now if you want to. And I had a bunch of people coming back to me and saying stuff and I had some people inbox me and I was like, why am I waiting, you know, to start mine? And so, and one of mine always is a fat kid. You always have the, uh, the goal of losing weight. And so I was like, I'm not going to wait till January one. I'm going to start now. So I started my keto diet like a week and a half ago. So you mentioned earlier, sorry, I got to go back. Another terrible transition, ladies and gentlemen, Uh, going back to, I don't know how we got off on this. Oh, we were talking about a single service play, like all in one. And I I did uh, make a reference to a triathlon. I've never ran, but I do think it's impossible, not impossible, but it's really tough to be the best at everything. Everything. 
Yeah. And so, but I'm not knocking those at all. So, you know, if uh, Nick Ayers is listening to this, I'm not knocking better. Like you said, I think it's a fantastic tool. And I think it's going to be, it's great. Um, The one beautiful thing about that I've figured out in this industry over the last 20 years is each agency is unique. Each person is unique. You know, each agent, you know, each principal, everyone's unique and they have unique and they have their own needs and wants and things. And so, Better agency may be the greatest platform ever for these 700 agents. And, you know, the next, you know, system might be great for these, you know, that's the beautiful thing. They have options. Yep. Agreed. And I love the independent agency model for that reason. Agreed. Agreed. So, and I think too, a platform like Salesforce that might not be viewed as an all in one, um, sometimes gets a lot of heat in the industry from being too complicated. I've seen that a lot recently. You know, it's like, why would you ever buy this? It's like buying a Lamborghini and, uh, you know, who needs a a Lamborghini to go to the grocery store um, kind of thought process, which is an interesting um, exaggeration of a great technology. But, um, you know, I think the the hard part is, well, okay, if we're going to make that analogy, then it's almost like saying, you know, an all-in-one for someone who needs that technical complexity might be like trying to ride a scooter to the grocery store, right? So it's like, again, to your point, there isn't an, a, an objective best. It's what is the, what does the agent want? What is the agent, you know, what can the agent afford? Um, how do they see building their agency? Um, you know, for the future. And then, and then what tech best fits that vision? One of the things right. that- go No, ahead. I was just going to say, you're exactly right. And I think with that being said, I've noticed, you know, especially being an ITC, which, you know, I saw you there as well. There's so many incredible tech vendors, for lack of better words, out there that I never even knew existed that solve very niche problems. Yes. Yes. I think it's very important going back to the the year of connectivity and, and that buzzword of, of inter, integrations to be able to have all of these, um, you know, specific niche, you know, problems solved, uh, being able to connect to one another and integrate with the AMSs and integrate with the, the different systems out there that you might have. I think that's going to be another thing that we'll see in 2022 even more of. Yep. I mean, we've, you know, we've got, uh, we talk to agencies every week. We, you know, we're bringing on uh, two, two more here in the next 30-ish days. And yeah. it's interesting listening to, you know, the, a lot of the value with Neon is, hey, come on and build build it the way you want to build it. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, an, a, it's a completely customizable CRM. You can build out the workflows however you want. And one of the things I've noticed is everybody focuses on a different part of the problem. So some people, you know, uh, commercial lines heavy, you know, they're looking at more supplemental application uh, technology, right? Other people say, I just want, I need a, a portal for my customers to go through. And that's like the one thing they focus on and that's what they want. Um, you know, other people uh, focus more on the automation side of things on the sales side. Other people focus on the automation things on the service side. And so it's 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 cool because you can you can start wherever you want, you can build it out however you want, and you can focus on whatever you want. And um it's it, it to to your point, every agency is just a little bit different. 
And, you know, you need that flexibility to accommodate for that. Yeah. Um, you know, and a shout out to one of my sponsors in Canopy Connect, who's been a game changer for a lot of agencies in the personal lines. Yes. But, yes. Um, we talk about that a lot, the integrations that that they're trying to do and the different people they're working with. And I've introduced them to hundreds of people over the last year and a half since they've been a sponsor. And mm. um, everyone has come back with such positive remarks and, you know, how that's been a game changer for agencies that. Yeah, at first it was just getting deck pages, and now you can get the deck pages and integrate to the AMS or their you know agency management system and get the quote as soon as they hit that button, and it's just unreal to see. And now they're going to get the commercial lines, you know, they're going to work on that. They're going to get this just to watch that and to see mm -hmm. just because of the integrations they've made and the friendships they've made, and now they're doing mm -hmm. some work. I see them all the time doing different things with different vendors, and it's just super cool. It's almost they like. Okay, this is a bad uh, no. analogy, but I love it. This is, uh, it's almost like when, I, I don't know if you ever watched wrestling as a kid, but when you see two wrestlers that you loved become a tag team and they yep. would go in the ring and fight other twos, they had a tag mm -hmm. team. It was like, this is cool that these two guys came together mm -hmm. and fought, you know, whoever tag team partners. But anyhow, go yes. ahead. I, so. Well, and I think too, I mean, Canopy Connect, shout out to those guys. I've never actually met them before, but would love to like, you know, at some point, I, I got to meet them, get their autograph, yeah. et cetera. Unreal. Because they're, I mean, to grind it out like they have in an industry that is so against moving data and freeing yeah. up data. And they've said their whole value is we're going to help you move data. I mean, it's like it's like oil and water. <laughs> and they're, yep. they're still here and they're still crushing it and they're still knocking down the roadblocks. Um, and I just, I think for hopefully for them in 2022, 2023, they'll they'll have some some huge wins. I'm sure they already have, obviously, but um I think as the ecosystem becomes more open, they're they're gonna yeah. you know, really shine. So yeah, I uh they're they're making some major things and going back to that connectivity. And that's what made it the game changer for them was we mm -hmm. found a solution to a problem. Now mm -hmm. we want to get it to more people. So how can mm -hmm. we do that? Let's integrate with them. Let's integrate with them. Let's integrate with them. You know, and it's like even some platforms that do the same thing they do. I was like, let's connect with you anyway. You know, let's try to do the best thing we can for agents to solve the problem of, you know, getting deck pages. And they figured out their one problem and they did it. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's super cool. Uh, and you couldn't have gotten that from an all-in-one system. You know, they don't tackle that one problem. So it goes back to finding what that one problem in your agency you need to solve and solve it however you need to do it. Yep. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. So, um, okay. One of the things, um, if you're listening to this, uh, I try before I get on any interview to talk to my guests about some things they want to talk about. And you brought up something. I don't even know what that meant. Like you were speaking Chinese to me. You okay. said there's data lakes everywhere. <laughs> that to me is Greek uh, or Chinese or a different language all over. Like, what, what do you mean? What does that mean? So... And this is actually what's what I'm really excited about for for Be Atomic and Neon for 2022 because we've we kind of like I would say lucked into this interesting opportunity. Um, yeah. Essentially, what's happening is with with mergers and acquisitions, you've got more and more agencies connected to each other through a network, an aggregator, whatever it might be, and and the relationship is, hey, I'm going to buy into this community. Um, I'm going to buy into this program. And when I do, I'm going to get value from you as an aggregator and network. So 
I'm looking to you, Mr. Mrs. Aggregator Network, whoever it is, to tell me how to help move my business forward, right? And the issue that these guys are running into is they're buying these agencies and then they can't see what's going on operationally inside of them. So how are they, they can look at the industry and look at trends, they can talk to them anecdotally and they can provide solutions based on that, but they don't have the data. They don't have the truth in real time, right? So here now I've got this massive responsibility to all of these agencies to help them move forward. And I don't, I don't know exactly where to start. So what we're starting to see is uh, we've talked to multiple aggregators and networks that have hired either an innovation head or an innovation team. And their responsibility is to figure out how to pool that agency data together in real time without forcing those agents to move off of their technology. Okay. You talk about a big, hairy, audacious goal. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to process how that would look. What that, I mean, again, shout out to their spot. I mean, another sponsor by Smart Choice, one of the you know largest aggregators out there. I'm trying to figure out yep. how that would even how, how would that what would that even look like? How do yep. you do that? Continue. Yeah. Well, you there's there's three different parts, right? So the the first phase is okay. How do I get the data out of an agency management system? Well, I can have the the agent basically put their data into a, a spreadsheet, which is what's happening now. Uh, but then you got human error, and you've got all kinds of you know issues with timing. And did did Bob actually get me that? I can't remember because I got a fifteen right. other agencies I got to follow up with. Well, and with that many different agencies, the data is not going to be the same uh, as far as what one agency collected versus another. And it's not going to be clean data at all. 100%. So one agency management system calls it, you know, uh, premium or, you know, 2.0. Yeah. And then the other one calls it premium 3765. Okay. So now I got two fields, but I got to, you know, okay, they're both premium, right? So, and that's a, that's kind of a, rookie example my uh sarah applegate could give you a better better example there but um but yeah absolutely and that that's the second issue is okay now i got all the data which was really hard to get how do i put it into one language so that i'm not speaking greek and russian and you know spanish i got to put it into english so that we can read it and then what tool do i use to visualize it right am i using uh power bi or a domo or whatever it is so um you know, our team, because of the work we've done with analytics uh, and and pooling the analytics through Salesforce, we can we we've been able to help or assist with these aggregators or networks that are going out and saying, okay, um, you know, I got to figure out how to get the data out of the system so that I don't force people to move. I got to figure out how to cleanse it so that it all makes sense, and then I need to figure out where to put it so that we can visualize it, what metrics matter. Um, you know, and, and how often I should be looking at them. Right. So that's, that is data. Those are data lakes. That's essentially what they're trying lakes. to create. Create. Yeah. Did you coin that? No, <sighs> no, I'm not that cool. Dude, I, I might cool. run triathlons here and there, but I'm not that cool. Dude, you're definitely that cool. But um, anyhow, no, that's, that's a big undertaking um, to try to, to do those things. And I, I can't imagine that that's gotta be a, a, a long-term goal to get that done. That can't be something like your triathlon. You're going to do it eight months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Probably not. But uh, I mean, shout out to Sarah because the work that she's done 
looking at those data models yeah she's a she's a whiz okay so Um, uh, speaking of sarah um sarah is one of several people y'all have brought on over the last what 12 to 16 months um Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what's going on at Neon at B Atomic with, you know, give me a little update there. Um, some of us, I'm not going to lie, maybe I'm in the dark somewhere, but it's almost like I haven't heard a lot from Neon in a while. Uh, I know y'all are doing a lot of things and you set a big, in my opinion, a BHAG going back to your big hair audacious goal of 1 billion by the end of the year. Are you going to get there? Is that something you can do? And what have you been doing to get there? Please give me a little update. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, we had a lot of struggles at at Be Atomic in 2021. Um, You know, I will be very honest with that. It's not like a startup is all rosy, rainbows, unicorns. What I'm really proud of is that our team has looked at those as opportunities. So, you know, I'd say to start off with coming into 2021, we we decided to play the fundraising game very differently. And being an investor, uh, you know, a a business model that is investor funded to to really kickstart development and innovation internally, you know, to get out of maintenance mode, you just need more cash. And so we haven't had, I would say, the the big exciting, massive development leaps that we wanted to have in 2021. And it came back to how we wanted to, to play that fundraise game. So setting, you know, starting out, really the way most people play it is, all right, I'm going to go find somebody with money. I'm going to show them a pro forma model that, that makes them an insane ROI, right? These investors, VCs, et cetera, want uh, ridiculous growth in the software space. And it's not that we uh, weren't, I mean, obviously we want growth, but we weren't willing to say, well, we're going to sacrifice the vision and and the product for growth. Well, Seth has said since day one, I'm in it for the long game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah. Yep. And so he made a very conscious decision to turn down offers and say, you know, we're going to pass, we're going to pass, we're going to keep moving forward. We're going to, you know, we won't have those smashing successes that I think you saw from other companies in 2021 because um, because I'm going to wait for the right partner. I want to find somebody who believes in the vision, who cares about the industry, and who will help us with the, you know, strategic partner, help us with moving the product forward and, and, um, and the team. So um, I'm actually excited to say we did find that that person. It took uh, it's been a long year, and it was a long road. Um, but as of Friday, we we did finalize that that round, and um, you know more to come on that front. So I'm looking forward to 2022. I think knowing that we've got not just the cash in the bank, but a great you know strategic uh, partner is is super exciting. Um, so I'd say that that was a big challenge that again we viewed as an opportunity like yeah. we hunkered down we said we're going to get through this and we're going <clears> to push <throat> it um the other thing we learned in 2021 which you know was again i initially in january um was a little disheartening but i you know at this point we've we've rounded the corner um was okay who is our best agent and when we started, we said we want to make uh, we 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 wanted to make an 
one platform that really um the way it was initially envisioned was anybody could be on it and and rock and roll on it and it's going to do everything you need and what right. we realized you know in, in january february was it's really not meant for everyone um most agencies are used to uh working off of an agency management system which is really just meant to to keep track of their policies to store their policies and then process and workflows are documented outside the system right it's completely different way of working than when you get on neon when you get on neon you you enter an enterprise level platform so, salesforce is used by some of the largest organizations in the world and the reason that they use that platform is because it brings a level of accountability and transparency to the organization every process every step is documented there are workflows, you know, people have to do things a certain way. It, it can't be everybody's out doing their own thing. And well, I'm going to put notes here and they're going to put notes there. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to follow step 16 because I don't like that. And I'm going to do every renewal, even though we're not supposed to process every renewal. You know, there's, there's a lack of efficiency there when it's Sid's way and, and, and Heath's way versus standardizing that process and and introducing those workflows for sales and service to to the organization it's thinking crm first versus ams first so um so what we've learned is that's not that's not actually a model that every agency wants to adopt and so um you know we focused on okay looking for this the type of agency size mindset um Etc. And being careful about picking partners on that side of things too, right? How do how do we find the people who want to look in the mirror and question the way they're doing things right now, so that they can improve? For example, I can't automate your process if you don't have a process. I can't tell you how many agencies we talk to say, "Sid, I just how much automation does Neon have? It has all the automation you want, but what's your sales process?" What is your service? What's your renewal workflow? And which parts of that workflow do you want to automate? And do you want it to automate for every single scenario? Is it different for personal and commercial lines? Right. The amount of legwork that they're they are spending more time with their business and their and their team and their and the vision for that business and the experience they're providing their customers than they ever have before. And it's scary because it's it's looking in the underwear drawer, it's looking in the mirror. But man, the guys who come out the other side of that and the girls who come out the other side of that are just freaking awesome. Um, so, you know, that was a that was a kind of a really it's been it's been special, you know, seeing those guys come out the kind of the other side of the sales force, uh, the whirlwind, I guess you could say. Um, and then, uh, you know, looking at 2022, um, we're trying to figure out, too, what is when when we first started Neon, we said, OK, here's what we know the the problem to be in the industry um we needed a way to move agency uh you know ams data into a crm provide workflows provide standardization provide automation and analytics but how else can we help the industry with with supportive or supp you know sup supportive or supplemental product right so yes. we're questioning ourselves and saying okay you know we, we've kind of come across this amazing opportunity to we've got the resources internally we know how to solve the problem is it something where we say you know do we split the difference do we say okay maybe we we launch an, an analytics only product um for this niche and and what does that look like so you know again 
that's a tough decision to make. And, um, you know, and one that's really exciting because it shows we're in the right place at the right time. Um, but it does mean a, a slight pivot in a way from, you know, the core of neon. So I don't, it's, there's a lot going on, man, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, we're, we're talking to agency management systems as well, looking at partnerships. Um, so we don't force people to move out of their AMS. Um, right. But so. what it sounds like to me is you guys know who you are. Um, you've looked in the mirror and said, this is what we want to look like. And we recognize that we're not here for all 400,000 insurance agents out there. We're here mm -hmm. for this niche of agent or this segment of the agency population. And we're okay with that. We're pricing accordingly. We're settling, you know, settling. We're, you know, setting up accordingly to service these people. Nailed it. Yep. Yep. Y Which I think is, is huge. Going back yeah. to, you can't be all things to all people. You can't mm -hmm. be the best at everything. So you're going to serve your client um, and you've identified who that is and you're going for it. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Who can you best serve, right? I mean, that's, I want to wake up every day and know the agencies running on our platform are killing it. I hate hearing about stories where, you know, somebody gets on the platform and it's, it's too overwhelming. It's too complicated. It was, it yeah. wasn't what they thought it was, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so making sure we find that right fit is is really really important and i think you know when we first started we wanted to bring on smaller agencies because we saw a need we saw business people who are coming to us saying ah we're so frustrated with the way things are we you know we can move fast we don't have uh you know a history of decisions we don't have a big team to bring on like we're small we're, we're mobile we're, we're like that speedboat let us get on neon and we were all for it. We're like, yes, okay, we, you know, let's figure that out. Um, and I think the more we've we've grown and learned about ourselves, to your point about the solution, uh, I don't know that that is our our. I don't know that we can serve them best, right? So, um, so I think, uh, and I'm talking about the guys who are like, you know, between one and like seven, eight people. Um, yeah. once you get past like that 10 or so, once you get up into 15, 20, 25, um, you start to focus on, Hey, how do I improve my workflow versus right. just, I need to close the next piece of business. Sure. Um, so, and that's where yeah, I think that's, is. that's incredible. And I've loved watching the journey. Um, you know, I got to know Seth through pace setters years ago and hearing him talk about this vision and, you know, watching the launch, being a part of, you know, seeing that, uh, it's been really cool to see. And again, going back to watching you grow up in the industry, we've watched Neon grow up uh, and still growing, obviously. Uh, and there's so much to do there and there'll be more changes and there'll be more things going on. And I'm excited to see it all. And I'm, I'm excited to see some of the people that you've hired, the talent that you've brought in. Uh, it's just it's amazing to know some of the people that you've got on board and what they're able to do. And they all have their own lane that they run in. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome that you guys, you know, all right. You know, you mentioned Sarah earlier, you're going to run in this lane you're going to do it really well. And you're, you sound like you're not getting in the way. You're just like, you go, Dude, I do my lane, you do yours. I got to tell you the people who are a part of this project are just some of the best people I've ever met. I mean, Sarah Applegate, who, is so fascinating because she's got experience on the carrier side of things. She's worked in the agency world. She came to us teaching herself uh, RPA, robotics processing automation. So she has a technical, you know, engineering mind. Oh. Literally taught herself 
about data models has now in in the next uh like six to seven days we'll have performed a full migration um moving data from one system to another and cleansing it along the way uh she taught herself sql query she's amazing um live like she started her podcast at be atomic right so live louder was like i remember when we first started brainstorming that um, you know, she's really, I think I, th- she's found her voice in the industry while a part of our team, which is just so cool to be a part of. Yes. Um, Pat West, the structure that he's brought to the team, uh, is just absolutely incredible. He helps us with process. He keeps us on our toes. Um, Anna Schaefer, who is just absolutely awesome. She, um, she came out of a corporate world and I've seen her grow in that grow as an entrepreneur and figure out how to be a leader uh you know being a leader in corporate being a leader in entrepreneur is very different um yes so watching her go through that she handles our professional services and helps agencies customize their neon and then shots is in charge of our our data warehouse and our data lake and yes his name is shots and yes he lives in las vegas and uh he's he's a cool dude so that's awesome yeah so we just i man i don't know we have a great team and i think i'm sure if you asked any startup like that's that's key like you have to have a a group of people you trust and love going to work with you're exactly right uh that's incredible so kudos to seth to you to the team to everyone involved in neon i'm glad i got to catch up a little bit on that because it's you know for me it just uh haven't seen a lot uh when it first came out it was everywhere and then you know probably on purpose, you guys kind of went radio silent to focus and to do your thing. So glad to hear, you know, 2022 is going to be, you know, a bright year for you guys. And so uh, I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, Thank you for being a part of my 100th episode. Thank you for being a part of my first episode. Thank you for being my friend, my sister. Thank you for, you know, texting me back when I text you. God, I will never hear the end of that. (laughs) No, I, uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, the friendship that we forged through Zoom uh, and actually met met in person for the mm-hmm. first time at ITC and had a, you know, slow-mo run and got to embrace and, you know, be a part of that moment meant a lot to me and Stacy. And so I love you. We love you, Stacy and I, as a family. My audience loves you. I appreciate you. Uh, I can't wait to see what's going on. Maybe you'll have to come back for number 200 um, and just be a part of all my milestones. You're a very important person to me, and I appreciate you very much. Uh, dude, the feeling is mutual. Um, and it's funny because when we first met in person, I I forgot that we hadn't met in person right? because I felt so connected. to like It's just crazy. I feel like it uh, is. I feel like I'd, I've known you for a lot longer than I have. So thanks for uh, thanks for being a cheerleader for me too. I, I think you've been there for some uh, you know some not so great Sid Rowe moments as well, and I I've always appreciated that. So um, uh, I love you, and it's made you a stronger person. Uh, and so I've gotten to see that, and yeah. so it's been really cool, really really cool. So anyway, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys so much for being a part of this episode, very special episode to me. And I am so thankful uh, that you guys have been listening for this long and been a part of the show. And I'm so thankful to Sydney Rowe, who uh, was part of it from very back in the day. I talked to her before I even started the show, as you heard the story, and she encouraged me to be a part of it. My wife encouraged me 
so many of those that uh, were on the uh, intro really uh, helped me to to do what I'm doing now. Thank you, the listener. Let's keep going for another 100. What do you say? Uh, my email address is Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. I love reaching the mailbag, getting your letters and getting your emails, so to speak. And it's so much fun. Uh, go, you know, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Facebook. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, what are you waiting on? It's been 100. I'm not going anywhere. You might as well subscribe and check out the content that we're putting out. And I want to hear your feedback. I got to spice it up sometimes. So let me know as we go into 2022. Uh, and if you're listening to this in 2022, as we're in 2022 now, I want to do some different things. So give me some ideas. Shoot me an email. Hit me on LinkedIn. Hit me on Facebook. Hit me on Instagram, wherever you Twitter. I don't care. Find me and uh, give me that feedback. If you got an idea for your own show, it's 2022. What are you waiting on? If that's a goal for you, reach out to my friend Ryan over at Ready, Set, Podcast. That's GetReadySetPodcast.com. Ready, Set, Podcast, turning your brilliant ideas into a reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.